Hello, everyone. Welcome to the goddamn podcast. This is Mark Joseph Bennett. Mark Joseph Bennett coming to you live. Not live. I always say that because I'm an idiot. It's not live. It's uh, recorded. Coming to you recorded from the Toyota Prius recording studio in Toronto, Ontario, in the basement of a building that I got to fucking leave. Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. If you ever think, you ever think you're smart, you think, I know best. I got the system by the balls. I'm in control. I'm an adult. I've, I know the ways of the world. I know, what's, I know what's up. If you ever think that, know that you are a fucking idiot. All right? Because you don't know shit. You don't know shit. Ever. At least I don't. I'm not, I shouldn't speak for you. But come on. Do you think, you think you know stuff? You don't know shit. This is what this whole podcast is probably going to be about. Knowing shit. The, the vegan stuff, I'll, I'll talk about that uh, first. First. My God. It's just, you know, what you want to do is, so Toronto. Toronto is in a real estate bubble. All right. There, there's no one that would deny that Canada is in a real estate bubble. It's, it's crazy. House prices have gone up 6 billion percent. Toronto is the worst of, of it all. And that's where I live. And now me and the wife, we moved to uh, Toronto about six years ago. And um, at the time, she had inclinations to buy. And I'm like, no, sir. Because at the time, at the time, guys... Canada was in a real estate bubble, in my view. So I'm like, we're not getting into this fucking market. It's ridiculous. And lo and behold, that was what? I guess, yeah, 2011, maybe 2010, and now it's 2017. Prices have been basically tripling every year. It's, it makes no sense. There is nobody, I don't know who the fuck can afford. Is, is everybody a movie star or as the CEO of of IBM? Like, who the fuck is buying houses in Toronto? And, um, but now, it, so just when you start thinking to yourself, you did it, Benny. You waited it out. You made the right call because house prices peaked in April. And, uh, there's been a big dip and people are talking maybe crash, you know. First, uh, but they're saying Vancouver there was a big dip as well because the government put in some some rules to try to cool the market down. And that happened for about a year in Vancouver, and now the market's starting to heat up again. And they're saying Toronto's probably going to be similar. Market's going to, it's going to go uh, down for a while, but then it'll start heating up again once people get calm their horses, you know. But here's what people never remember. And I don't know how they don't remember it. It's the dead cat bounce. And I don't like that phrase because I have a cat. Okay. But that's, that's just what it's called. Where, you know, what they're saying is if you, like if a cat falls off a high structure and hits the ground, you know, even though it's dead, it'll bounce up a bit. So you'll think, hey, that cat's still alive. It's like, no, no, it just bounced off, off the bottom for a second. And that's more or less, it's like, uh, I, I assume that's what the term means. I don't, for all I know, it's different. I just, I just established, I don't know shit, ladies and gentlemen. So, but the, the dead cat bounce almost always happens in, in some kind of crash, whether it's, it doesn't matter, financial markets, housing market, it's, it'll dip, it'll go low, and then, it'll start to recover a little bit. And people think, oh, thank God, it's okay now. It was just, it was bad for a few minutes. And then when everybody calms down and they rush back into the market, then the bottom falls out of it. And then the real crash happens. That's how crashes generally occur. So I think that Vancouver is in the dead cat bounce phase. And I think Toronto is next. But listen, the whole point of this is that I'm an asshole, okay? Because what happened is, here we are, in Toronto, could have bought something maybe in 2010, 2011, that, that would probably be 900% increase. And instead, 
We just waited it out like sensible people, people who people who are doing the right thing, putting squirreling away money, you know, and, uh, you know, the, the cost of our cost of living wasn't so much. And we're getting ready so that we'll have extra cash freed up and et cetera, et cetera. And then the fucking apartment building we're in. Just the the wall, the wall in our kitchen has fallen apart, basically. And uh, we are concerned that it is full of black mold. That's right. We have an 11-month-old baby who may be ingesting just hordes of black mold. Like, what in the fuck? And my... uh, and one of the side effects is asthma. My wife has severe asthma, so that's not good for her. And uh, if the baby's clearly predisposed to, to asthma, if that's his mom, and then this goddamn black mold. Now, I can't say for sure it's black mold. Guys, I do like to jump the gun on the, the what well, could be uh, horror, but see, what happened was they're doing renovations on next door. Uh, the, the, they're trying to spruce up the new unit so they can charge a fucking boatload of money to the next people who come in just because they put up a new little island. Oh, there's some nice decals in the kitchen. It's a stand-up shower. You owe us $1,000 more in rent. So they're doing all the renovations for that. And then they notice um, that there's water leaking from somewhere. And uh, so the, the plumber comes over to our apartment and he goes under our sink and uh, he says, I'm going to have to break through this wall here under your sink. And Sarah's like, well, we have a baby sleeping, so that's probably going to make a lot of noise. So maybe don't do that. And he goes, well, let's just see. And he taps the wall with his hammer and it goes through the wall like a wet piece of paper. And he was like, oh, oh, no. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. And uh, the, the, he just he knocks a hole in the wall and then it looks black in there. It looks like it's just... And the plumber himself says, oh, I don't want to say what I think that is. And then the super, he comes up. It's actually was the super's assistant. He, Alex, he's a good guy. And he comes up. He's like, no, 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 no. That's just, look, There's it's water. It's probably been leaking for a couple of weeks. It's no big deal. That's It's not black mold. It's not black mold. And he was adamant about it. I took some pictures. And, uh, and at first I thought it was definitely black mold, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't. I'm no mold expert, ladies and gentlemen. And I, the reason I think that Alex, he wasn't just, you know, you were thinking may, like that maybe he's, he works for the building, so he's trying not, trying not to get the building sued by us right now. But I think he earnestly believes there's nothing toxic happening because he was the one down there. Like, he has no mask on, just... Just head in the hole, looking around, like sucking in big, big deep breaths. Just like doing some, are you doing some meditation down there, Alex? Jesus Christ. Like, you know, just in case, buddy, put on a little, put a little paper mask on there. Put, put the sleeve of your shirt over your mouth or something. You're, you're freaking me out. And then the smell. Do you guys remember? You longtime listeners of the podcast probably remember when I when we came back from vacation. And the reason why we were on the vacation in part was because we knew the construction next door would make a lot of noise. So we wanted to be out of the apartment for two weeks. And then when we came back, there was a bad smell in the apartment. And remember, I was saying that, like, my worry is always cockroaches because cockroaches apparently emit a sweet smell when in when it's a, a bad infestation. So my brain immediately goes, cockroach infestation. But but it didn't smell like that. Or, well, I, I don't know what a cockroach infestation smells like. But what I'm saying is it didn't smell, smell sweet. It smelled like um, uh, musty, you know? Musty. And the cockroach infestations, from what I'm reading, uh, not a musty smell, a sweet smell. Why is it a sweet smell? That seems odd, you know? It's misleading. Is what it is, you goddamn cockroaches. You know, you walk into someone's apartment, you go, hmm, what is that? Is it a fresh bouquet of flowers? No! No, it's uh, droves of cockroaches. <laughs> it's, it's Armageddon in here, cockroach style. But it smells so good. So we didn't have that sweet smell, we had a musty smell. Now, what we assumed was that it was... Um, 
just the, the construction next door, but you know, with all the shit that they were doing over there, you know, it smelled a little dusty. But uh, as well, like the super Alex guy, the uh, assistant, he says, "Well, didn't you guys have? Do you smell? Did you smell anything?" We're like, "Well, yeah, but there was a lot of construction going on, so we were just like, well, that must is that." He said, "No, it was it's the water. So what it is is like there's a there's like a pool of water, you know, behind our sink." And immediately I want to blame our upstairs neighbors because these fucking idiots, I tell you, they're, you know, long-time listeners. You guys know, right, that my upstairs neighbors are uh, pieces of human dog shit. And uh, you know what? Yeah, dog shit's a good term because they have two dogs that they let piss and shit uh, in their home, apparently, according to the superintendent. They, um, they put down newspapers, and then they ruin the hardwood floors in the hallway because the dogs are pissing and shitting. And so apparently the guy, they've stopped doing that. Man, I sound like I live in a real shithole right now. This is, once again, for those of you who are just tuning in, you're new to the podcast. I live in an expensive area of Toronto. And I'm not saying that to brag. Because it's every, you know, it's what I'm saying is that it's an expensive area of Toronto so that you will know I'm not just it's it's not it's not the ghetto you know I'm not it's not terrible social socioeconomic housing it's a, it's a place where you expect look uh, sure I'm paying an arm and a leg to stay here but I mean it's it's a very uh prominent area of Toronto and uh you got you got to pay for that you pay for the location but still, you you expect where you live to be nice, and and previously we thought it was, we thought it was. But we got these fucking upstairs neighbors, who they had an air conditioner that they were supposed to um, dump out. It was one of those ones that collected water that you had to actually dump out, because I don't know, the, the new ones now you don't have to do that. Thank Jesus. And so they weren't dumping it out, so it would just overflow, and it overflowed so much it went down through like four feet of cement dripping into our bedroom and uh, they had to fix that like four times over the last few years because of these fucking idiots uh, up there with their piss floors goddamn water dripping down jesus christ so we wanted to leave uh, before because of these people so now i'm blaming I, i'm thinking the upstairs they've got they've it's got to be them and uh and it was it's the apartment upstairs is leaking and uh, he said, but it's a pipe. A hole has gotten in the pipe uh, behind the wall. So I was thinking, ah, well, I guess it's not their fault. For fuck's sake. I wish I could blame him, but it's not their fault. But then uh, the super says, well, the thing is, though, if people use a lot of Drano uh, in these old buildings with these old pipes, that's why we tell you guys not to use Drano. If you use a lot of it, it can eat a hole through the pipe. And um, then this thing can happen. It wasn't so, you know, they've probably been using a ton of Drano. I'm like, yeah, because they're fucking savages just dumping their, their, their stuff from their plates into the sink. You know, this apartment building doesn't have a dishwasher because I live in the fucking slums. And um, so they're probably just scraping off their, what, what the fuck do they eat? I don't know, soggy potato chips for dinner. Bunch of fucking animals up there. And they're just they're just just shoving shoving it down. Probably a pile of hot dogs, Vienna sausages dipped in peanut butter. I bet that's what they eat. And they just eggs, eggs and and mustard. And then and then they just cram it down into the sink like it's a garbage disposal. And then and they're like, oh, our fucking sink is clogged up again. It gets better use Drano. Oh, fuck's sakes. If I didn't have the world's worst osteoporosis, I'd probably go challenge them, each of them. However many live there, I'm not sure. I think there's two of them. Could be more. I know there's two dogs. I would challenge them, dogs included, to fisticuffs. Although, you know, it's not the dog's fault. Still, though, they're accomplices. I feel bad for the dogs, actually. You know, if if you were a dog, would you want to piss and shit in an apartment? No. Dogs don't like pissing and shitting where they live. You know, you you heard the old expression, don't shit where you eat. They are talking about my neighbor's dogs. 
So anyway, these fucking idiots have yet, they've done it again. With their, with their traino, their trigger-happy draino finger, just dumping it down. And so now, this is all to say, this is why I talked about the real estate market, guys. I'm setting it up to say, we want out. We want out because we're paying too much money to live in, 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 oh, just, to live in rage-filled, I don't know how to complete that sentence, to rage-filled existence? Yeah, that's what we're living in, a rage-filled existence. I did it, everybody. I'm sorry, I'm a little angry. I'm a little angry, so I'm not thinking that clearly. And I also didn't drink enough water. Can I, let me tell you something. If you're out there and you're struggling with low energy, foggy brain, drink yourself a shit ton of water. Just, like, drink until you hallucinate. I swear to Christ, you'll feel like a million bucks in a couple of days. You know, relatively speaking. Like, I feel like a million bucks for me, which means ever since I did my bone tests, um, they, you, you have to drink a shit ton of water to, to, to shoot out the radioactive tracer. You know, you got to piss that out. So I've been drinking a lot of water, way more than usual. And I feel, and I've had energy for the last three days. And so I'm trying again. It's just today I didn't do as much as I should. You just got to drink that shit till you, and now that being said, don't just go, hey, Mark told, told me to drink water till I hallucinate. Here I go. Because you can actually hallucinate from drinking too much water. You can get water poisoned. Isn't that weird? Um, Jim Carrey did that. Uh, I just know that because I know a guy who knows Jim Carrey. And, uh, well, that guy, he did know Jim Carrey. He's dead now. And um, sad story, really. Not it, it, not that sad. The guy was pretty old, and he lived pretty hard. Uh, it wasn't a surprise. Let's just say that. And um, so he and Jim Carrey decided they were just going to go on, like, a water cleanse. And so they just kept drinking water and drinking water. And then the dude is telling me, uh, then we started hallucinating shit. I'm like, you guys, you almost died. You can die of that shit. People, people do stupid things. Jim Carrey, who, who's a longtime listener of the podcast? I know Jim loves this podcast. Jim, don't do that shit, man. And that's the thing. I'll talk about the vegan stuff in a second. And and just uh, the, you know, one side says one thing, and I hey, listen. We'll get into it in a second. But the thing about the apartment is, of course we want to go. Of course we do. But where are we going now? The market's still ridiculous. Just because it dipped a little bit, that's not enough. That's not enough. And I did like a mortgage rate calculator of how much money we uh, spend. Like in our, like our rent is like eighteen fifty, I think, uh, uh, a month. Which is it's actually pretty good for Toronto because we got in to this building before the real estate boom. So um, rents have gone up as well. Now, rent to, to rent our apartment now is $2,300 every month. So we're doing okay at like $1,850. And, uh, and you put that in to a mortgage calculator, and you put it in for 30 years, uh, like that much, it comes out to like $490,000. And you know what you get for $490,000 in Toronto? A bag of shit. They actually, they just, they take a bag of shit, they scoop the shit out of it, and then they say, you can live in this now empty bag. Which, of course, is still lined with feces. That's how, that's what you get for $490,000 in Toronto. And uh, so... Like, what do you do, right? Well, there's nowhere for us to go. You can't, and that's how, that's just how it, just like I said, we're, me and Sarah are sitting there patting ourselves on the back going, listen, we waited. Now it looks like the market is turning. It turns out that's a good idea to, to be frugal and, and to be conservative and not to, and not to jump in expecting real estate to keep going up and up. Because these pe- people these days are just, they're spending every cent of their income on houses. They're, 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 it's house poor is what it's called. And we didn't do that. So we're all proud of ourselves. And now we got the fucking uh, dog shit brains upstairs just dripping their 
fucking sewage-laden water down through the walls. I know it's actually just regular water, but that's what I'm picturing. And what are you going to do? They're going to patch up the wall. Anyway, they're coming in on Monday, and they're going to they're gonna check for mold. They're going to patch up the wall. And it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. First world problems, everybody. People say that phrase a lot. I don't know. It kind of annoys me. First world problems. You know, like I have friends who go, hey, just I hate that phrase. First world problems because my, my problems are real, too. And no, no, not really. They're not really real. See, here's the thing, though. They can be real. Here, So right now, I live in the lap of luxury. I know this, okay, if you're listening to this from fucking Kuwait, which you probably are. Huge in Kuwait, Mark Bennett. Like, you're thinking, dude, dude, I live in, in, a, in a cave in Afghanistan, and you're complaining about a little water damage in your fucking, your ivory tower. You piece of garbage. You know, and I understand that. I get it. And it is. It is that's a first world problem. But here, here, my Afghani friend is where it turns into real. Let's say that is black toxic mold. And now we have a our baby gets ill and has a lifetime debilitating asthma because of it. Then then guy from Kuwait. Is it a first world problem? Is it? Maybe still, maybe still, but I don't think so. At some point, you got to give somebody like, okay, let's say the wall gives you cancer. Maybe there's asbestos in there and you get some cancer from that fucking wall. Now you're dying of cancer. Is that a first world problem? Fictitious guy from Kuwait. So that's what I mean. It's like, I get it. I get it. I'm with the I'm more on the side of first world problems uh, are not you shouldn't be bitching about them because there's a lot of people out there who would love to be in your situation. So go fuck yourself. Uh, However, however, there is a point when a problem's a problem. Okay, You know, like, guys, I don't have any bones. I have no bones. And uh, I think that's a problem. Call me kooky. But I think that's a fucking problem. So, all that, I just, I don't know. I just had to say it. Get it off my chest. But it's fine. You know, they're, they're, everybody, everybody goes through shit. Sometimes floods happen in people's houses. You could live in a mansion, brand new, built from scratch. And uh, but that's another thing too. I want something new. I I do not want to go like let's say in Toronto you drop a million five for a house. You're also getting an eighty year old house for the most part. Like there's not a lot of new constructions because the places you know the new constructions are for condos and things like that. You know the the matchboxes in the sky, but you don't you can't get the you can't get the the brand new detached home because there's not a lot of space to build for the most, unless you knock a place down and build it up. And then that's even more expensive. But that's what I want because I don't want a fucking, like, just all of a sudden you come home from the gym and then your wife is like, hey, there's a hole in the wall because there's black mold everywhere because that's what happened to me. So now I'll move on to the vegan thing. I said last podcast that I'm going back to the vegan and I am, for the most part. Uh, I'm not going to go crazy. You know what? I'm just, just live your life, guys. Do do the best you can. And the best, I think, for me, the best I can do is, for the most part, vegan. And then uh, if if I feel the need to have some, some more protein or some uh, uh, some dairy, then, you know, fucking whatever. This is what I'll, this is what I'll do. It's just I watched that goddamn documentary, uh, What the Health. So... Like I said last time, it's a repackaged cowspiracy. Now, um, here's the thing. I think he did a better job last time with the cowspiracy because it was talking about how the vegan diet is a healthy diet, and he was talking about um, how poorly animals are treated uh, and how bad it is for the environment on the cowspiracy. And I'm down with all that. I'm like, healthy diet, boom, check, want it. Animals not being tortured. 
Love that. Let's not torture the animals. Environment doing better. Sounds good to me, buddy. Done and done. But no one gave a shit. No one gave a shit about Cowspiracy because people only give a shit about one thing. Say it. Say it with me in unison. People only care about themselves. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody cares about their fellow man or their fellow animal. They they only so he repackaged it with a what the health, which is oh, that's in vogue. That's in vogue. People love a documentary about health. Oh, there's a documentary about how sugar will kill you. Boom, let's let's all watch it. People love a good health documentary. So the guy, I look, I, I, Kip, I give him credit. Smart thing to do. Because now everyone's talking about it. And what he's doing, he's saying the diet is going to fix people in like a couple of weeks. So he has these people on who, who are like, they've got bad asthma. They can't walk around. They've got like, uh, I don't know, some kind of uh, osteoarthritis or something. Like, boo-hoo. At least you got bones. Anyway. But they say, and then they, these people go on a vegan diet for a uh, plant-based diet for, um, I, fi- I find that's a, a more gentle way to say it. People, it's a plant-based diet. You know, you don't really go with uh, vegan. People don't like vegan. Oh, and I thought about this. Listen to this, everybody. I've come up with a diet. Well, I haven't come up with a diet. I came up with a name for the vegan diet that I think will change the minds of a lot of people. I call it the gorilla diet. Isn't that awesome? Because the guy pointed out in the documentary, because everyone's like, where do you get your protein when, when, you're, when you say you're eating a vegan diet? Which is annoying because there's lots of protein around. And um, so the guy, what the guy uses the example, he said, gorillas. Gorillas are pure plant eaters. And look at the size of their muscles. They're, they have giant muscles. They're plant eaters. They're herbivores. Herbivores? 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 And he's right. So that's why, like, stop, stop coming out with, like, if one, of the, one of the problems with saying you're vegetarian or you're vegan is people who drive pickup trucks and wear their hats backwards go, you, are you fucking pussy? Are you some kind of fucking pussy? And uh, there's a stigma there. There's a stigma. You feel like you do. You feel a bit like, you know, uh... You're doing a dainty little diet, and maybe you should put on your uh, your Sunday dress and skip around, skip around town, doing eating eating your fruits and vegetables, everybody. But no, no, it's the gorilla diet. I eat like a fucking gorilla. Like you could body, you could be a bodybuilder and say that shit. Hey, what kind of diet you on, man? I'm on the gorilla diet, motherfucker. What do you want? Oh, you eating you eating dead carcasses? Oh man, I'm I'm a, I'm on the gorilla diet. And I don't know what kind of accent this is. It's somehow morphing into southern. It's a motherfucking gorilla diet. I like it. I should patent it. I should put out a book. It's just here's the thing. I can't cook. I'm not going to spend the time putting together recipes. If you guys want to want to go out. And uh, create the best-selling vegan cookbook of all time called The Gorilla Diet. You fucking go right ahead. You go right ahead. In fact, I, I'll just... But give me a mention. You know, do it in the foreword or the afterword even. Just give it... Give me a little mention. You know, promote the podcast for Christ's sake. You know, I just gave you a million-dollar idea. A million. A, million, a trillion-dollar idea. So anyway... With this what the health, I'm listening to it, and nobody he's not talking about animal welfare because he knows your average person watching it doesn't give a flying shit about an animal. So um, doing he's talking about the environment a little less. You know what he you know what he does talk about? How the pharmaceutical industry, oh the pharmaceuticals, they're back. And they and I gotta say, I did feel like because in conspiracy he talks about like why do this the information that a plant-based diet is is better for you and that is better for the environment. Why are you never allowed to say that? And in Cowspiracy, he talks about it. It's like the, 
the meat and the dairy industry and the lobbyists. But it felt it felt a little extreme to me. Like, really, are the meat and dairy industry that bad? And it turns out, you see, you see, with the meat and dairy industry, what you need more than anything is a pile of pharmaceuticals. You need antibiotics for shit. You need stuff to put in the feed. You need stuff for the animals themselves because they're all fucked up. There's steroids, hormones, antibiotics, pharmaceuticals. That's who's doing it. Pfizer and the rest, man. It's just, I know I'm Monsanto's involved. Monsanto's got to be involved. They're always involved. Got to be some, and that's it. So, so that's how he got people to to pay attention. No, everyone knows what the pharmaceutical, the pharmaceuticals, the pharmaceutical industry. They know what that what they're up to. They're 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 just. I mean, whatever conspiracy theory you want to throw out there, uh, it it is not as bad as the reality of what the pharmaceutical industry does in uh, society. And so what Kip, the documentary guy, was doing, he was going, see, guys, you're being manipulated by the goddamn pharmaceutical industry and the meat and the dairy lobby. And uh, when, in fact, you could cure all that ails you in just a couple of weeks, just a bit. But you know what he did? He Michael Moored. He Michael Moored that shit. Michael Moore, you see... I was with him in the beginning, like most people. And then he's just, he just kept, it got more and more sensationalistic. And cherry picking, cherry fucking picking, like Malcolm Gladwell in his studies, where people go, hey, Malcolm Gladwell, um, your study seems to be totally wrong. Um, do you have any explanation for that? He was like, look, I like to tell stories. I like to tell stories. And these are just stories. Yeah, but you're presenting them like facts, you piece of shit. And uh, that, he he was called out on it before. It was cherry-picking. You're cherry-picking your data. You're just taking what you want to take and making these inferences. And Michael Moore is doing the same thing. Look, we all think that, uh, pe- that people should be shooting less kids, for Christ's sake. There's no one in disagreement. So when, when a documentary comes out that, that just sounds so, I don't know, over the top. You know, then it starts to turn people off. People who, for fuck's sake, I agree with you. And you're, you're making me go, oh, dude, that's, you can't be saying shit like that. That's, we know you're just trying to manipulate us. So if the, if, if the NRA and all those guys are trying to manipulate society, are you any better? You're trying to manipulate us going the other way. We just, just tell us the truth. Where's the fucking truth, everybody? Because that's what Kip was doing. Kip is just, he's just mentioning the good parts and leaving out the bad parts. And then uh, some vegan dietitian, and uh, to her credit, she she watched the documentary and she dispelled a lot of the stuff he was saying. She's like, look, it's a, it's a great diet and you can do things. But but to say you can't have any dairy and any meat and, and all these things, and then that's not something you should say either. I mean, it, you, can, you can have a healthy, balanced diet in many different ways. And that's the truth. But they, the, the way it's presented with that sensationalistic slant that all every bit of uh, every bit of the, the, the meat and dairy that you eat is, is killing you. And if only you would switch. But the only reason you're not switching is because you all been manipulated by the pharmaceuticals. It's just it's it's far too over the top. It's far too picking of the cherries. Uh, and and like I said, I agree with the fucking guy. Be nice to animals. Be good to your environment. Be good to your fellow man. You know, have a healthier diet. But here's the thing, and I'll say this, and it's not fair uh, for me to to say that the vegan diet. I don't feel like a million bucks on it because, you know, I got those. I got the bone dust in the bone in in the blood. I have. I have that, uh, whatever you'd call it, tumor-induced osteomalacia. I got the TIO, so my energy level is is not good. And it's not supposed to be good when you have this disorder, disease. I don't like calling it a disease. Um, affliction? Yeah, let's go with that. That was a good movie, by the way. With Nick Nolte? Affliction? Good movie. 
I should start doing movie reviews on this fucking thing. I think I might. I think I might. And maybe something like that, like affliction from like 30 years ago. Here we go. So anyway, Nick Nolte is afflicted with tumor-induced osteomalacia. No, it has nothing nothing to do with, with my disorder. And um, But like I was saying it to my wife, like you watch the documentary and you'd swear to Christ, you eat a couple of fucking plants, you have a little kale, you have some broccoli, and all of a sudden you can run 30 marathons. That's And that's kind of what he was doing in the documentary. But let me tell you something, I, me and the wife have been eating uh, pretty much a strict vegan diet for two years, and while there have been improvements, it's not like, you know, all of a sudden we're superhumans. And like, uh, uh, my wife, though, she looks better than she used to. Her skin is very nice now. She used to have trouble with her skin now, no trouble at all. She's had a kid. She still seems to have a lot of energy levels. She got she got her, her physique back very quickly after having the child, and she doesn't go to the gym because she's a lazy piece of shit. No, because, you know, she's running around trying to take care of our child. And um, so it does. I mean, it does seem to help. And we got that old Jewish lady across the hallway. Let's not forget... Old Evelyn, everybody, 93 years old, running around like a fucking bat out of hell, just knocking on our door, trying to see our baby with her loopy, crazy face. But, like, that's the thing, 93 years old, living on her own, she goes to going to choir practice every couple of days, just, just doing great. So, like, when I see that, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good. Now you can say, oh, hey, look, I know a 93-year-old guy who smokes all the time and he and eats nothing but bacon and he's fine. The genetics genetics play a role. I think that's part of the problem. Since, since some people just have such good genetics that they just go anyway. They stay healthy and no matter what they eat or how they live, they die at like 110 and they, were, they had their brain the whole time. And then people are like, oh, fuck it. I can eat as much bacon and hot dogs as I want. But that's not true for the average person. At least that's what science is telling me. And who might argue with science? Everybody. Let's see what other topics I had here. Oh, speaking of the pharmaceuticals. I wrote, I wrote a couple things down, guys. Because, um, you know, I want to keep this shit moving. And that way, too, when I do a synopsis on the iTunes. And by the way, if you've listened this far into the podcast, I feel like I should say this stuff at the beginning. Because my guess is even if you like the podcast, people don't listen to the whole thing. I don't know. Maybe they do. But what I, I was just going to say, I'm going to write my iTunes synopsis. That's why I wrote the notes down of what I'm going to talk about. And then I'm going to put that on the iTunes. And please, no, I'm not going to say please. I'm going to say this. Leave an iTunes rating. Uh, of five stars. Don't. I'm not going to ask you to rate me not five stars. That would be stupid. If you don't feel like doing that, then don't even bother. Give me a five star rating and leave a comment. That just you know what? If you feel that's what you should do, you should do it. I'm not going to beg you, but I just just have a few reviews there on iTunes. You know, and it apparently it bumps up your notoriety, and then you can get discovered. And I'll, and you know, I'll have more than 13 listeners. It'll be great. But you know what, guys? Don't even worry about it. I'm sorry I brought it up. I wonder about that. You know, at some point you do have to ask for money. You know, not from you guys, but like advertisers or, you know, Patreon or whatever. Maybe not. Fuck it. Maybe, maybe I'll just do nothing but free entertainment. Well, this podcast is going to be free. It's going to stay free, everybody. That's my promise. Okay? All right, what was I talking about? I wrote it down, and I completely walked away from it. Oh, yeah, the pharmaceuticals. I'm still on the pharmaceuticals. Listen to this. In Ontario, that's where I live. I live in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And in Ontario, they're proposing now making all meds uh, free for people under 24 years old, Related to certain illnesses, uh, ADHD, depression, uh, anxiety, I think. And here's the thing, guys. Are you fucking kidding me? ADHD isn't a thing. All right? And I'm sorry if you think it's a thing. It is not. And I can tell you that from experience. 
because people have tried to tell me I had it. I went on fucking pills for it. And it's not that. It, some people just think differently. Some people have a creative brain. A lot of times, to go back to the, to the better diet, if you eat a better diet that doesn't have a ton of like food coloring and processed foods and, and, and a shit ton of sugar when you're young, your brain can work a little better. Whoa! Who would have figured? Maybe if you don't watch YouTube 24 hours a day sucking down sugary Red Bull drinks that you're able to form a sentence. And so the idea that 24 and under sort of targeting, they're just, what did, what kind of deal did the government strike with the pharmaceutical industry? Like, yeah, what kind of deal? Some kind of goddamn made in hell, like just, you're targeting young people and you're giving them free drugs to battle things that perhaps can be better suited for a dietary change and a little bit of therapy, maybe. You know, let's let's talk it out. Now, look, if you have crippling depression and you feel like killing yourself or setting animals on fire, you go, you go ahead and you go get yourself some pills. I'm not saying you never need pills. Look at me. Guys, if they if they have if they get a bone pill. If I go to the doctor on Thursday and she says, I got this pill that'll give you bones, I'm taking that fucking pill, obviously. Sometimes you need pills. But sometimes you don't need pills. And things like anxiety and um, ADHD, which isn't a thing. Like, honest to God, if almost everybody knows this. If I'm telling you this for the first time, I'd be surprised. But everybody knows that... That goddamn pharmaceutical industry. (laughs) I need some pills to help me speak. I have fumbled like 30 30 words in this podcast. That's an understatement. The pharmaceutical industry, they got together in the, I think it's the early 80s. And they said, how can, they they thought because they had Adderall or some shit. And they were like, well, this this doesn't work for the thing we, we were trying to get it to work for. But it is pretty safe. It seems to be almost safe enough for kids. What do you guys think? They're like, yes, we do think it's safe enough for kids. And I said, well, what do we do to give it to the kids? And they went, um, what if we just, uh, you know, when a kid said, hey, hey, I'm interested in doing something creative. We say, oh, you're fucked up in the head. Take some pills and sit down and shut up your little asshole. And that's, that's how it came about. They were looking for a way to market to children, but they didn't have a disorder, so they went and they invented one. And almost everybody knows this, and nobody cares. That's crazy to me. My doctor, specifically, was telling me, gave me a test. It was a sheet of paper where you circled one to five on, hey, so when you're, when you're at a party, do you sometimes feel like leaving? Of course I do. Everybody sucks. Of course I want to leave. Do you find yourself having trouble thinking about one thing for a period of time? Of course. There's a lot of things out there to think about. Oh, you got the ADHD. You're going to need some pills. Fuck's sakes. Right? Like a doctor giving me a little piece of paper to do my test. I'm making little bunny ears. Quotations right now that you can't see. Give me a test to see if I have a thing that they invented a few years ago. Like, for fuck's sake, like, if you get polio, that's a thing. When a group of assholes, and I'm assuming in ponytails, just I'm wearing a picture of them wearing a suit, male pattern baldness, but they still got the little tuft of hair on the back that they grow out and they put it in a little ponytail, greasy black one. And there it is. Well, yeah, that's, yeah, it's a disorder. It's a disorder says the guy who is selling the pill for the disorder. Honest to Christ. And you have like pharmaceutical reps like that in itself should make everybody stop taking almost every drug. The fact that you have all these fucking supermodels walking around with a case full of drugs that go in and strong arm a doctor. Like what? How is that even legal? That a pharmaceutical rep can just just sidle up to a goddamn doctor and put 
pressure on them, peer pressure. And a lot of doctors are nerds, everybody. That's who becomes doctors, nerds, who become doctors, nerds. People who know grammar better than me become doctors. And those people aren't good with peer pressure, especially from a really pretty lady. If they're a man or, you know, a really pretty man, if they're a lady or a, a man who likes the pretty men. And vice versa, you know what I'm talking about. Everyone's included in this. Transgender, everybody's involved. But the peer pressure and, 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 and the sales tactics, like, how is that? That shouldn't be a thing. A doctor should just be able to pick from, like, a, a, a series of drugs that he needs for specific things. I just... All right, I'm going to calm down. I'm going to calm down and just say that that shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen that the pills are getting so easy to, to prescribe, so easy for the kids to get. Now there's no financial burden whatsoever to pile your kids full of these fucking ADD, which are speed, by the way, but a pile of speed into your kids' heads. So yeah, that's going to work out great. Fuck's sakes. And then I'll have to take another goddamn pill to manage the side effects. Because that's what... Guys. Guys. All right. But I will say this. Before I get going, on a positive note, I got in a Radiohead recently. Again. Don't give me... like I'm not like, hey, did you guys ever hear Radiohead? It's just... Um, they released the, I think, the 20th anniversary of of uh, OK Computer 20th anniversary honest to god I remember getting that for Christmas and now it's the 20th anniversary of it and uh, what a fucking album that is guys what an album and um, I really got into it because you know I played a couple of songs from it and I was listening to Paranoid Android and a little kid little Samuel Bennett he just starts dancing to it he fucking loves Radiohead it's the greatest thing. He seems to have a little bit of a musical ear. Uh, my wife has been taking him to music class. And um, the music teacher's a little impressed with him because he dances to the beat. And uh, he seems to hit a note every now and again of a song that she's singing. I think maybe that, that could be just because he yells a lot. And so you're bound... If you yell a ton, you're bound to hit a note once in a while of a song, Right. But the greatest thing about him is that he seems to have good musical taste, at least in my opinion. I play blues, I'll play Stevie Ray Vaughan, he'll dance away. I'll play uh, uh, Radiohead, he's dancing. And it's hard to dance to Radiohead. You find a beat in that fucking song. Those guys are nuts. But when he's at my brother's and Kevin's playing his goddamn country, playing uh, Her Lips Taste Like Sangria, real song, when he's playing that shit, the, the kid is just comatose. He's like, nah. No dancing for you, buddy. Sorry about that. Why don't you play something that has some soul? Right? Radiohead. I think that's the best band. When you when someone asks you watch who's your favorite band, I think Radiohead's the best one to say. Who can argue with that? There's nobody that can argue with that. You know, and the uh, was and I'm I always think about Coldplay because there's they they have some song Coldplay where they don't go back to a chorus they just go from start to finish I think it's Lost I can't remember anyway I kind of like the song whatever it was but uh, Chris Martin he was saying yeah it's it like a, a paranoid android it's like oh no dude no you're a pop band and Radiohead are geniuses paranoid android. Yes, it goes from start to finish without going back to the chorus because they're musical geniuses and they can do that. You just wrote a very simple song that didn't have a major chorus in it. I'm just, I don't want to shit all over you, Chris Martin. I know you, you got enough trouble having Gwyneth Paltrow as your ex. So I don't want to shit all over you. But you, you see the difference between you and Radiohead, right? And I don't say that to take the piss out of you, bud. Okay, there's, there is no shame in coming up short to Radiohead. Hey, you know, it's like uh, like Soliari and Mozart. Is that his name? Soliari? Mozart's the guy who was super jealous of Mozart all the time, who apparently was quite excellent at classical music. It's just compared 
to Mozart. It's like, hey, Coldplay, you do all right, buddy. You're making you're making some songs. You, you know, people dance around. You make a lot of money. But uh, Radiohead is Mozart of, of your of your industry. They're the Mozart. And the other thing I wrote down was radioactive farts. I wrote Radiohead followed by radioactive farts. And I'll explain that before I go. I uh, was radioactive for quite some time. I had the tracer in me. And uh, every time I farted, I kept thinking, am I giving everyone cancer? Are these, are these cancer farts? I was radioactive. I was like Spider-Man, but instead of awesome powers, I uh, piss and fart cancer. You know, that, that's what you really got to stay away from. And so, but I'm, I'm fine now. Uh, that way, anyway. I should, the, the, the radio, radioactivity should be completely out of the system. And I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but people think they say shit sometimes and they don't say shit. Like the, the girl who gave me the tracer, I think I did mention this. She was, when I went back in, yes, I went back in day two and I said to her, hey, so I got an 11-month-old baby. She was like, oh, I wish you told me yesterday. Fucking fuck. I've sworn a lot on this podcast, I just realized. And uh, not only have I sworn a lot on the podcast, I'm repeating a story that I said last podcast. So I'll just, I'll just cut that story short by saying, uh, you know, if you're going to give somebody radioactive farts, just let them know. Just let them know ahead of time. Don't let them have to Google it and then give you a call and go, hey, that radioactive tracer, does that mean I should stay away from uh, babies and pregnant ladies? Because that's what I'm reading. And they're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should definitely stay away from uh, pregnant ladies and babies for about uh, three days. Thanks for letting me know. I've been farting all over a baby. Although, to be fair, I don't think you should do that at all. Don't go farting on babies, guys. I'm going to leave it right there on those words of wisdom. This was uh, I Said Shut Up with Mark Joseph Bennett. Thanks so much for listening. I'll check in with you uh, real soon. Real soon. You have yourselves a great weekend. I'll probably post this. It's Friday now. I was thinking maybe I'd save it for Monday. What, what am I doing? Right? I can do three, four podcasts a week. I got, I got time. So we'll talk to you soon. Later on now. I said shut up.